You're listening to the Go and Tell Gals podcast, and I'm your host, Jess Conklin. In most of our episodes, we'll have a guest, a woman who is running on mission right where she's at. We pray this podcast leaves you encouraged and spurred on to go and tell the good news. Today, we have my friend, not my physical friend, because we haven't met in the physical yet, but I am ready for it to happen. Kanisha, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, you take up such an interesting space online and in in the way you work and in what you do. I don't even know that I know the full of it. So can you just tell people, like, this is what I do. This is what I do. Yeah. So... I started Restoration House, uh, gosh, like 11 years ago, and it was super simple at the very beginning. I restored furniture, which is why it's called Restoration House. (laughs) So Larry, my husband, was in the military for 10 years, and we kind of moved all over the place, and our last duty station was Hawaii. And when we moved to Hawaii, I had no money because we were military. I didn't work. We had three kids at the time. So I had to figure out a way to make my house look pretty on a budget, right? Mm-hmm. So I started going to all the thrift stores and the secondhand stores or whatever and picking up pieces that I thought had some ability to become something and started putting those pieces in my house after refinishing them. And people would come into my house and they'd say, oh my gosh, where'd you get that? My inspiration at that time was Pottery Barn because everybody loved Pottery Barn, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. I think people probably still do. But I'd say, oh my gosh, I did that. And they'd say, oh my gosh, can you make something for me? And so that's kind of how I discovered this gift that I had, if you will, to restore furniture. And so as that's happening in our personal life, we were in a very unhealthy place. I was in an unhealthy place in my walk with God. I was in an unhealthy place in my marriage, my relationship with people in my life in general was just going down really fast. So in the midst of doing furniture, thinking that it was just this creative thing that was giving me you know, something to do. We were so far away from family. I had three kids under the age of five. It was just something to do. Well, what I discovered is that it wasn't just something to do. It was something that God was using to restore me and also bring me back to him. So that was 11 years ago. Fast forwarding to today, over the years, it's kind of evolved. Definitely still the same thing. I think that my creativity, what you see online, is directly correlated, directly connected to what happened 10 years ago. I still use, and God still uses, the creativity in me, the gifts that he's placed in me, not only to restore and to redeem and bring me back to him every single time, whether I'm doing a tablescape or whether I'm throwing pillows on a sofa or painting a wall or you know whatever. He uses that. It's something that he uses, but I also think that he helps me engage others in the personal conversation that he and I have, if you will, to also bring and pull them back to him. And I was going to say it's this magical thing. I just like the word magical. Don't you like that word? I do. Cool word. But it's just this beautiful thing that I, I think any of us, like you're creative, Jess, like we don't really think about it when we're doing it. We don't think about what we're doing in the midst of it, but I think that it's really beautiful that we don't have to, you know, it's something that we don't have to work for and that in the middle of creating that he's not just doing it for me, but he's doing it for those who care enough to follow what I do and to listen to me. 
Ah, I love it. I love it. What I love so much, and I just texted you this a few weeks ago, I think, that I just love that you're not following any kind of mold or path, which <laughs> let's all hear it that like when we're listening to God, it probably won't. Absolutely. It 1000%. Won't. You, you should not listen to this podcast and think like, yeah, I want to do that. I want to restore furniture and like use it to the <laughs> glory of God and create spaces that are encouraging to people. I mean, you should, if that's for you, but probably yeah. he's given you something that's a totally different path for you to run in. And I love watching women just from the get go say like, this is who he's made me. I'm going to use it yeah. for his glory. Yeah, Absolutely. Okay, so this has culminated in, not culminated because you're just getting started, right? But <laughs> it, like one step in the story has been this book that's coming out. Yes. Can you yes. talk a little bit about the book? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Jess, you're like my hero because you've written, I feel like a dozen books. I'm like, I don't know how she does it. It's such a work of the heart. As you know, you put blood, sweat and tears onto the pages and into the process. The whole process started about two years ago and it's been this crazy ride of discovering a lot of things that I didn't even know were inside of me or even honestly becoming free in areas that I needed to become more free in. The book itself is is called Restoration House. And it technically takes you through the journey of my own personal life and my walk with God and how home has always been what he's used at the center of redeeming my life and restoring my life and how I believe God wants to do that for each and every one of us. And I think particularly in the book and anywhere you see me online, I'm speaking to women because I do believe that we have such a great, in the best way, heavy mental and responsibility to carry our homes. And it, it really is, I know it culturally, it's something that can be a sensitive topic, especially if you're talking outside of the church. It's something that can carry negative connotation, but we know that as women, it actually is a gift that we have to be able to carry our homes in the way that we've been called to carry our homes. So the book specifically will talk a lot about my personal story. It goes really deep into a lot of personal things that happened in my life that weren't great. Just because I, you know, I, I do think that, you know, online we carry certain personalities and people see what they want to see and have certain perceptions about who you are. And so I wanted to make sure that I shared uh, some of the ugly stuff, you know, Yeah. just because it's also, again, I can't, you can't share the beautiful without the ugly. And it's such a beautiful testimony to what God has done in my life and what I know he's done in lots of others' lives and what he wants to do in lives as well. So Hmm. So the book comes out April 30th. You can pre-order it right now on Amazon. You can. And I love this idea of just being the shepherds of peace and joy in our homes. And, yeah. and you're right. I mean, women create so much of that and they shepherd so much of that and spearhead and cultivate it. So I'm so grateful for this one connecting point that you're ministering mm. to women through. But I know that he's given you a lot. <sighs> I, I've never asked anyone this on the podcast ever. I've never asked a guest this, but is there like a dream or a vision or an area you see him calling you into that you're not currently in? Mm. That makes me think, it makes me emotional, first of all, mm. <laughs> but it also makes me really afraid to think about it. Can I be, can I be that honest yeah. here? I, I don't think I can answer that directly. I think there are a lot of things that I think about, but that I shut down. Not because I don't think they can happen, but a lot of times I think I shut them down because of how people would perceive me if 
they were to happen. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So, gosh, I just talked about people pleasing (laughs) on my uh, blog post this week and how God has definitely healed me in a lot of areas where and revealed to me areas in my life where I've chosen to please people over him. But but I, I, I guess that that technically is a people pleasing issue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I don't know. I, there are a lot of dreams and visions and and spaces that I believe God is asking me to take up that part of me wants to go after and part of me just wants to sit back and see if he'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's my answer to that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that. I, it's interesting. I've never asked anyone that before, but I just, I um, love that. I just feel it and see it and know that I think he's going to call you into a lot of different mm. spaces and a lot of different ministries. And this is just one of them. And I am so, so excited to watch. Thank you. You're so welcome. What's been a hard part about this particular season of mission that you're in? Gosh, I think uh, the hardest part has really been choosing to respond to God and not look at what everyone else around me is doing. You know, I, I just had a birthday on this past Sunday, January 6th, and I just turned 40. <laughs> and there were so many people who, as I approached 40, said, oh my gosh, 40 is going to be the best. You learn that, you know, what people say about you doesn't really matter. And you experience so much freedom. And I, I do think to an extent, I've definitely began to experience that. But I think as we get older, I just think that this comparison thing and looking at other people just looks different in, in different seasons. I do think that I'm not obviously who I was 20 years ago when I was 20 years old, but yeah, I, I think that, that that's probably the hardest part. Just getting back to your question is really just learning how to lean in, focus on and look at God and his face, like stare him eye to eye and not lose, you know, my focus. This past couple of years has been really hard for us, just our family. Goodness gracious. You know, I write about home and I write about how beautiful home is and that home isn't just a physical place. It's actually way more than that. And we've lived in a temporary home for three years, a rental home that is a beautiful home. I, you know, I always want to be careful about sounding as though I'm complaining. I'm so grateful for where we are. However, that doesn't mean it's been easy. So these past few years have just been, God, where are you? Where are these promises? I feel like you've forgotten me. I feel like you hate me. And in in the midst of, of those emotions and those feelings and kind of processing them, he's always obviously been right there beside me, also reminding me of those promises as well and refining me along the way. So I think I, I mentioned to you when we talked um, via email, you know, it's been a couple of years of refining, which with refinement, there comes pain. And there's been a lot of pain over the past couple of years as well. A lot of growth and a lot of pain. Hmm. I love that. I love that. I'm sorry, but I love that. <laughs> <laughs> it's not bad. I know I'm like, it's what, not like we yes. just told totally no, it's not. Way. No, it's not. <laughs> It's not, it's, it's good. It's, it's beautiful. I know, but it, yeah, the best parts come from the most broken parts. So a hundred percent. Okay. In this season of you're, you're getting ready to publish a book, you're, you're balancing family and work and keeping your heart healthy. Have there been any tips, tricks, tools that have helped you run on mission the way you're supposed to in an abundant way? 
Yeah, I think um, it's kind of like this tension, if you will, I guess, between not forgetting who's calling me to do this and then looking around at everyone else to see what everyone else is doing to make sure that I'm not getting too far off kilter, even though we all know we're unique, our callings are unique, Mm -hmm. our callings, what we do, they're all going to look different, right? But what is it about our humanness that begs us to be like everyone else, even though we know we're not supposed to be? Yeah. Yeah. If I had a penny for every time I thought about that, I'd probably be a billionaire, not even a millionaire. Yeah, I think for tips and tricks for, you know, running on mission, it would it would go back to that. And it's not super practical, I guess, but it's really just reminding myself on a daily basis, whether that's in time with him before my day begins or, you know, as I'm listening to music or God's kind of everywhere. So I guess I get reminders throughout the day, but it's really just reminding myself that he's the one who's called me to do it and that I have to focus on him. I can't focus on what everyone else around me is doing. Mm. Yeah. And I, and I think, I guess if we want to speak practically, which I know is extremely helpful, it's, you know, making that time. And, and Jess, you're so good. Like, here's the thing. You're like, we haven't met in person. I know we haven't, and we haven't spent any substantial time together, but I love you. Like we are best friends. Same. (laughs) And I am the one like who struggles with setting time aside to read my Bible or choosing because it is a choice to make, you know, certain things like that a priority. So for me, it's a win when I actually sit down and say, "Okay, Lord, I love you. You love me more. What do you have to say to me today about who I am? Like, what do you have to say to me today about anything? That's a bit like that's a huge win for me. And it's a big it's big for me. I guess maybe it's cliche for some people. But for me, it's not. It's a really big practical win for me. And it's something that I know because it's so simple. It actually really sets me up for success in this whole adventure, if you will. Yeah. So this is never a question that I've that I've asked on the podcast until the last two days. I'm not, you're not the first person, but it's interesting because, so I record a lot of the episodes for the year and in a really short span of time. So this is probably the fourth or fifth interview in a two day span of time where we've talked about running our race, not mm-hmm. looking to the left or the right, listening mm-hmm. to God about like what he's, what he's delivered up for us. So what I've been asking the last few days, which may now just end up being a standard question for us in 2019 is if you don't mind, could you tell us a time or tell us a scenario wherein you've gotten tripped up looking to the left Mm. and the right? Like what makes you feel tripped up? Because what I think is that so many women assume that it's just them. Yeah. I've even just been trying to air like, Hey, this is the stuff that, that, that actually is really hard for me. And then on the flip side, what did you do to connect back with God's vision, plan, hope Mm. for your life? Like what got you messed up and what got you back on track? So that's a really compound question. I feel like I have 50 answers for it, but I think if I can use an example, that's maybe exposing me a little bit, but it's okay. I don't mind that. We don't mind a little exposure. Yeah. That's what this is about. So a couple of years ago, this is, this actually has a little bit to do with a lot of the racial things going on. Yeah. 
So I got into a space that was really unhealthy. And on top of being emotionally unhealthy, based on a lot of the things that I was experiencing online in my personal life, personal experiences, you know, just dealing with racial tension, things that friends have been dealing with, all those things. I just, I was just really angry. I mean, if I can say that, like, just really angry, really bitter. I actually, for a while, even stepped away from, I mean, this is really revealing myself, but I mean, I feel like people need to hear this. This is going to help someone. So stepped away from uh, the church for maybe a couple of months. Like, I just hmm. didn't want to go. I didn't want to go. I didn't want to, I didn't want anyone to say, Hey, how are you? you know, you know, this is what we do, right? Like you can walk into the door in the morning and say, Hey, how are you? Yeah. I didn't want anyone to ask me that because I, I knew that I didn't have a problem sharing how I was, but they couldn't handle how I was. Right. So <laughs> that all went down and happened. And, um, it was probably about a year's worth of, um, struggling and fighting, through that and in life situations like you never have just one bad thing or negative thing happening right yeah. like when it rains it pours so there's there's that and there's this and there's all these things kind of swirling around and I'm just done and then on top of that I think because of the emotional stress my body my physical body began to take a beating from all of that as well so my health wasn't um, at its best either for a while, I relented and I retreated and I didn't want to read my Bible and I didn't want to talk to God and I didn't want to hear his voice. And I muted every single person in my life that wanted to support me. I muted the voice of the Holy Spirit. It was just really ugly. But how I came out of that, that space and what did I do? I think that for me, there's always this voice, which is you know, for me, the Holy Spirit and for a lot of us, the Holy Spirit, you just know you're not going to stay there. And, and I think along the way, I always obviously felt the Holy Spirit right alongside me. You know, I, a lot of times we'll hear people share things that are on their heart and feel like that God can't take it. And I think for me, there were a lot of things that I said out loud and a lot of things that I said in my heart that I, I knew God could take. And he was always there. So I would say, I guess, practically coming out of it, it was definitely the power and the grace of God himself pulling me out of a pit. Mm -hmm. But it was also choosing to have faith again. I mean, I had literally lost all hope, all faith, all belief that things can or could get better. And really just hating myself and hating where I was. Mm. You know, I guess there came a time for me where the voice of the Holy Spirit became louder than the voice of the enemy. Yeah. And him saying, hey, this is not who you are. Like I've actually given you power to overcome this. And, and by this, I don't just mean this funk that you're in, but also the issue of race in our country. And, and when I say me, I don't mean obviously just me. I mean us, women, sisters mm -hmm. in the church, us, right? So, so it's like I had to come to a point where I'm like, okay, well, am I going to just lay in my bed and not do anything about this and just sulk? Or am I going to pull myself up by the power and the grace that's in me by the Holy Spirit and actually do something about this? So I think that that for me is, is how it all kind of went down and how I came out of it. And then I got to the point where I began to share more and more of my grievances and some of the things that I 
was feeling and um, dealing with. And I think anytime, you know, take it out of the context of the racial conversation that we, we've, you know, kind of been having more and more these days, that goes for any time in our lives. I think when we're in dark places, you know, it's all about the people that we choose to surround ourselves with. Obviously, we don't need one just feeding a scripture. You know, there were, there were days where I'm like, I don't want you to just tell me that it's going to be okay and, and spit a scripture at me. Like, I just need you to either listen or I just need you to tell me something that is maybe biblically based and sound, but I don't want you to just give me book, chapter, verse today, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I think that that really, I mean, at the end of the day, for me, it's always, 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 always in any season of my life, it's always been about the community that I'm in and the people who are in that community that support me. Mm. So good. So good. I love that. Hey friends, we're going to break right here for a second and I wanted to share something quickly with you. A theme for me this year, I sense God taking me back to Psalm 18 and this idea that he has brought me out to a spacious place and I want to live under the belief that he's brought me out to a spacious place. One thing I love about our partnership with West Rock Coffee is that they want to provide a spacious place for their coffee growers. They want them to feel encouraged. They want them to feel equipped. They want them to be given the tools they need to live abundantly and also to do their jobs unto the glory of God and change the world while they're at it. Westrock Coffee believes in people and not just the drive to survive, but to live with dignity and to achieve greatness and to experience abundance right where they are. You've heard me talk about Westrock, how I love how they partner with individual farmers and what they're doing in the world, but I just wanted to put that on the table today that I think part of living a spacious life for me, part of living a life where I believe God can move and can do things and can grow and can shift me is partnering with companies where I see the leaders of those companies doing the same thing and not just for themselves, but for their employees and for their customers as well. That's why I love Westrock because they are about abundance. They are about providing great opportunities and they are down to change the world one cup of coffee at a time. You can get Westrock coffee on my favorite place, amazon.com. Okay, we're gonna end on a few fun questions. So yeah, hopefully they're fun. We'll see. No pressure if they're not. <laughs> is there a book you're currently reading? There is a book that I'm currently reading. What is it? It is Michelle Obama's Becoming. You are my third uh, interview in 24 hours to say that. Really? I'm reading it too, so I'm with you. Oh, good. Okay. I don't know how far you are along, so we won't like, I'm not super far. Yeah, I'm early, early in. Okay, good. So, so am I. I'm not supposed to be because I'm in a book club and we were all reading it together and everybody's pretty much done, but I'm still reading it. So it's okay. I love it. Well, every literally three interviews in the last 24 hours have said they're reading it. And most people in my life, my husband's finished it. My sister's finished it. Oh my gosh. It. So I'm like, it's time. I got to finish it. It is so good. I love that. It's so good. I love that. Okay. Um, coffee order. I, I, I don't know that I could guess your coffee order. Really? Yeah. So it is 12 ounce split shot Americano with steamed almond milk. Okay. <laughs> One shot Americano? 
split shot. So half-calf, half-caffeine, half-regular. My body does not do well with lots of caffeine. So I need a little bit, but I don't need a lot. Okay, so a split shot is half of a shot of caffeine or one yep. shot of caffeine? One shot caffeine. Okay. So if you have, yeah, if you have 12 ounces, I guess it's like a shot and a half technically. Okay, okay. All right. That's so interesting. Um, now, I used to be a four-shot Americano. Oh, my gosh. In college, I was a four-shot Americano. And what? I That was not good for my body. It wasn't great. Oh, yeah, I'd die. Yeah, I, don't, I can't do that anymore. I can't play like that. Okay, do you have a secret talent? A secret talent? Yep, I sure do. <gasps> Say. You know what it is? I do not wake up before 8 a.m., Oh, Monday through Friday. You are a hero. That's not, that's not a secret talent. That's like a secret superhero. Listen, I shouldn't box myself in that way because if I have to, I do. I mean, I have four kids. Sure. Like they all go to school. But the thing is, I have two teenagers who go to school first and they're extremely self-sufficient. Yeah. So it's not that I'm like in bed snoring. My husband's up. He's such a morning person. I'm just not a morning person. Right. Partly because I'm up till like, midnight you know okay. doing all the things and being productive ish watching netflix and all that you know right right but yeah i just cannot get out of bed like i need that time before my feet hit the ground i just need to like soak it all in think about the day you know talk to jesus i love it all the things like i just need to be there in that space so i love it yeah so good favorite lipstick do you have one <gasps> I do. It is Too Faced. And I have a lot, like Stila and Tarte and all that, but there's this Too Faced liquid matte, and it's called Crazy Girl. Go figure. Love but it. it is literally like the best neutral for every skin tone. I have felt like I, it's the best. It's my favorite. Okay. So, so good. Hey, y'all head to Amazon, pre-order that book. You're going to be so blessed by it. Make sure you're following my friend Kanisha online. Thank you so much for taking time to share what God's doing in and through you. We're just really grateful and we're here for it. Oh my gosh, thanks, Jess. You're awesome, girl. 